Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Recall the Midwife. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. And I'm Jen. Welcome back. And in the first episode, we were introduced to Poplar and the nuns of St. Raymond Nonatus. We met new midwife, Jenny Lee. And in the next episode, we're going to meet trainee midwife, Camilla Fortescue Chumley-Brown. There are also three storylines we're going to talk about today. So first, we meet Mary, who is a 15-year-old prostitute who has fallen pregnant. Her path crosses with Jenny Lee. And she's eventually helped by Sister Julienne, who arranges a place for her at a refuge run by Father Joe. We also meet Betty Smith and Brenda McKenty, who bump into each other at one of the clinics. Betty Smith is an expectant mother of the bride who is unexpectedly... Oh, right. I've said the wrong word then. Right, I'm starting again. Betty Smith is a expectant mother of the bride who had, who has unexpectedly fallen pregnant at 42. She, of course, goes into labour at the wedding. And Brenda McKenty, who had rickets as a child, and because of that, suffered four stillbirths. In this episode, she'll have a caesarean, which is now available on the NHS. Anyway, let's start. So my okay, goodness, okay. what a dark, dark intro, but it's so true. Like, that is exactly what happens in this episode. Very good. So we're series one, episode two. Yes. Yes. Okay, so who wants to start? So well, Jen, doesn't, because you've watched with your mum, and every time you watch, she's like, you need to pay when you tell us that she says you need to pay attention to this person and Mary is one of those people yes yes my mom my mom one of her 
one of her favorite things is um, to both self-spoil and spoil for others. And she loves to like predict things really loudly when we're watching TV together in the hopes that, you know, she can, you know, say what's going to happen in a show. But obviously my mom is a super fan. She's seen every single episode pretty much twice, if not more at this point. And so throughout watching this together, me for the first time and her for, you know, on a, on a repeat, she will often be like, you know, she'll like poke me in the arm and she'll be like, okay, remember this person, remember this person. And she did that with Mary. So Mary is going to appear later on. And, but to be honest with you, this first um, appearance is such a tough stuff, tough storyline. And again, call the midwife just doesn't shy away from any of the more challenging. Yeah. Really dark, really, really dark. Um, I mean, and it was, it was kind of unclear at first what was really happening to Mary, but basically she picks up a John in the, like an alleyway of Poplar Sorry. and then she takes him back to this. Um, it, I mean, I couldn't figure it out at first, but it, it's basically just a, a, with a brothel. Um, and then he pays for sex and leaves and you kind of find out that there's a man there who, who is, you know, she feels very affectionate towards, you know, he kind of. He's basically groomed her. Well, he's a pimp, yeah. Because also, yeah. yeah, she's underage as well. So this is actually, if you think about it, for a, like a, a primetime BBC thing on a Sunday night that's supposed to be like all lovely for people to watch, this is actually really dark and bleak. Yeah. She, and thinks, so- she thinks that he loves her, that he's mm-hmm. obviously using her. Yeah, and and he was and he was the first guy that she slept with at the beginning and then he, once he was once he kind of had her hooked then he basically would turn her out to other men and tell her oh you know like if you love me if you care about me you'll do this as a way of manipulating her into becoming a prostitute and then now basically he doesn't really have anything to do with her other just other than to just kind of like manage her um yeah exactly but it's it's right at this beginning when we first meet her right after the you know the her her last I hate to use the word customer in this application, but like, you know, anyways, after the last man has left, yeah, client, um, another prostitute comes in the room and they're, they're talking and then she realized, and then the other prostitute realizes, oh my goodness, you know, sex worker ladies, carry on. (laughs) Oh yes, yes, yes. Sex worker. Yes. Um, she says, oh my gosh, Mary, you're pregnant. And you, and then, you know, the camera pans down and you see her belly and everything. And all of a sudden it's like, well, we have a really big problem on our hands. You know, what's, what's going to happen here. So, um, that's kind of the intersection of when she goes to the clinic and meets Jenny, isn't it? No. Well, does she run away she from cafe? Cause she, well, she, oh, doesn't the cafe. Want, she doesn't, she doesn't want to have an abortion, which is yeah. basically her only option. Right. Cause no. she thinks this is like a love baby with her and Zakir. Yeah, but it's not Zakia's, is it? Now, oh. here I've got... Yeah, well, she right. doesn't know whose it is. But right. here's, I've got a question for you. She has a £5 note and she hasn't eaten and she bumps into Jenny and Jenny she asks Jenny if she'll go into the cafe and change this £5 note for her. Yeah. Jenny notices that she's pregnant and offers to go in with her. Now, did she steal that £5 note? I'm guessing that she stole it from the brothel or that was her, like that was all she had kind of thing from the brothel like do you know what I mean right now trivia because I was wondering how much five pounds is worth in today's money and it's (gasps) about 130 pounds (gasps) that would be an expensive lunch a pie wouldn't it yeah yeah okay Bex I'm so glad you did that because literally that was my question in my brain it was like 
how do we get to five pounds? Because this is also a time in British history where you guys are still using like shillings and crowns and all that kind of money too. Which is you guys like Britain, like we didn't. We were born. Yeah, we're not not you personally, but like (laughs) I mean, like you're. So this is this is. I don't want to. I don't want to even like give a hint of how old old we all are. But I mean, this is like maybe like your parents as kids would have had this right or would they have oh been, your... hint we're nearly the age that um <laughs> that betty smith was when she was having her child which was so ashamed which... of it and i was like oh my god yeah and by the way like the idea of me being the mother to a woman who's also ready to get married is just oh yeah. like just like, kill me now on that they were like oh my god what a shame 42 i was like what sorry what <laughs> That did make me worry. Also, just want you know that note you were talking about. Want to watch here? Make sure you listen out for that. Yeah. Uh, the bit when the, so the reason that Jenny was out in her four underskirts um, yeah. going to the cafe was she was going to a concert by Rachmaninoff. Now Rachmaninoff, just oh. remember, remember this for Jenny in the future. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, we're only on episode two, series one. Okay. And as and as another and as another small detail, I love that spoiler. But can just for a quick second, can we just talk about how large those that five pound note was? Like as a physical object, that was that was like you're just jealous that we had better money than you, better language, better everything. Carry on. Even in today's money, when would you ever have cause to spend 130 pounds in one note? Well, uh, Uh, when I'm buying champagne. Yeah, I was going to say, with inflation in America the way it is right now, I could see a 130-pound lunch coming down the road very quickly, but oh, here's hoping it doesn't, my God. Well, he can bill half he and bill. Yeah, really, really. But so Jenny so Jenny helps her, uses her, you know, sixth sense to realize she's pregnant, and that's how they get connected. And then from, from then on, you know, this is kind of Jenny's, you know, pet project, basically. So it's, you know, she's she's got to figure out... You know how to navigate. You know really annoyed me about this scene. So obviously they went to the cafe and she was like, yeah, but you're supposed to help people like me. And she's like, oh, go on then. And you talk me around. So then she goes back to Nanata's house with her because obviously she had nowhere to take her back. It was, it was nighttime. She couldn't like, ring up a shelter or whatever because it was 1957. So she gets, she stays at Nanata's house for the night and that's fine, right? But Jenny just like, is like, oh, I don't want to wake the nuns or anything because they get up dead early. You just go to sleep here and we'll sort it in the morning. Fine, right? But then Chummy is sewing um, we'll go back to that in a minute. But Chummy's just sewing in the kitchen or whatever. And she's yeah. just like, oh, hi, night. Doesn't say, oh, by the way, there's this Irish girl who's pregnant and she's probably, you know, <laughs> she's in the kitchen. Just in case you see her, that might be a bit awkward. Um, just to let you know. She's just like, night. And Chummy's like, night. No well, wait, should, should, we, should we take a quick take a quick detour to talk about Chummy and like where she came from and all that because this is oh, our first time on, we, we should Chummy. finish Mary first because I want okay. to talk about the priest <laughs> okay Father so, Joe right, am so... I the only one who Father Joe is very kind he runs a refuge and is used to meeting girls like Mary and I just I weirdly found him really attractive I think it's because he was so <laughs> kind and understanding you know what I I'm here for Father Joe with you Bex I, yeah I'll go in on that I literally wrote priest is so good exclamation point in my notes um, I, don't I mean I liked his voice but I tell you what I do not agree with him on like I'm all about him helping the women and all the young girls and all this and I think it's uh-huh. great that he's into God and all that yeah but I do not agree with his controversial opinions on fig rolls <laughs> 
people wrapped in a doormat. Fig rolls are lush. I'm sorry, <laughs> Priest Joe, Father Joe, whatever your name is. I'm sorry, but fig rolls are god tier. Carry on. <laughs> Well, you know what? No one's perfect. Okay. Father Joe does a lot of good in this world, but you know, it's all a balancing act. Um, yeah, I did. I did love that priest. I think, I think what I also really appreciated is that like, this is often a, a case that sister Julian, you know, takes up, but I feel like the priest was kind of a surrogate in this way in this episode, because there's always somebody who's kind of schooling Jenny because she's such a, naive kind of person when she starts out in yeah. poplar and she always kind of has to you know she has kind of her values and ethics which are you know i would say generally really caring and you know you know like compassionate towards the you know people she's dealing with but she hasn't been exposed to almost anything in this world so you know just like we said in the first episode jenny is kind of um you know, a stand-in for the audience who, who's really learning about all of this. And yeah. so in this case, the priest is the one who's kind of telling her, you know, okay, this is the situation. Like, and, and actually just to fast forward a little bit. So Mary has her baby and she's in the care of the priest who runs basically a, like a temporary rescue home, you know, slash convalescence for, you know, these pregnant girls who kind of, you know, need to figure out a way. And then immediately schedules, um, you know, an adoption for Mary's child, um, which is really tough. I mean, Kathleen, of- Kathleen, Kathleen. Yes, she's it, it's look, it's a very complicated, um, you know, history, complicated storyline, you know, to think about these girls kind of not really having a lot of autonomy to, you know, make the choice to give up their children. And then, you know, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, no, no one's no one's going to no one's going to defend like that unilaterally. Like, obviously, that that has a very complicated history. But I also feel like the priest does a good job of kind of laying out the realistic situation that everyone is facing in this, you know, at that stage, because he basically said, you know, she's 15. She doesn't have an education. She doesn't have a stable home. She doesn't have any ability to work. This baby doesn't have anybody to really care for, because if she is going to be working, then she's all alone. You know, I mean, they can't leave her the child in care of a child legally. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I mean, it was, yeah. Well, Mary's moved to a Catholic mother and baby home, so that's where her adoption's arranged because her pimp has basically turned up looking for her. Right. Yeah. Well, they have to they have to make sure Mary doesn't get sucked back into that lifestyle either, which is another thing they're worried about. Well, exactly. Yeah, and I think I think Father Joe makes a comment like, "Which child do we save?" Because she's a child herself. Yeah. Mm, yes. I, I do think Jenny Lee. Now she's been working in the East End. She thinks she understands poverty. But, and, and like you were saying, Jen, the, the Father Joe very much schools her in the kind of the underlying poverty that, that these girls experience. Yeah, it was an amazing speech. And also when he was like, you're for, she was apologising for being ignorant and he was like, you're just fortunate. You don't have to apologise for that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the terrible, terrible accent. But I, I just gonna say- also like saying, Kathleen, Kathleen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now, Father Joe coming. is getting a lot less fit in my memory now that you're speaking <laughs> on the podcast. What about, what about Mary Kathleen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say oh. that, yeah, there was something really, yeah, I was really connecting with that, with that priest, especially. Um, so anyway, on to Mary. Yes. So basically, oh. but Mary basically is coming up spoiler alert she's coming up episode so you know yes so so she's she's one to watch but basically the way we leave her at the end of the episode is that you know her her baby is placed safely in adoption she's kind of given a safe option to be able to go and you know be cared for as well and jenny kind of has to reconcile you know both complicated feelings but 
hopefully a good future we you know we don't know what's going to come yet but well, and I think while we kind of wrap up the Mary storyline there was one thing which I thought was really powerful which was when Father Joe was first talking to Mary he says to her there's no shame in it and Mary mm. replies well there isn't for the men and I just thought that was so true very true yeah. Yes. You know what? Okay, we'll have to talk about this in a bigger way later on. But the subtle but powerful feminism of the show, oh, never, never to be denied. Never to be denied. Okay. Like if you didn't think that women knew what was going on back in this time period, and that you know, no, these all these women know what's up. They, you know, they're clear. They're clear on what's happening. Um. Okay. So should we move to a more lighthearted storyline? Chummy, chummy, chummy. Oh, we love chummy. Oh, okay. So let so chummy shows up, and I get- on, let's see. Ch- chummy is Miranda Hart, and obviously Miranda Hart wasn't normally an actress. She was a comedian in the UK. Okay. Um, I just didn't really know what to expect from her, but oh my gosh, she was amazing. She's such a good actress in this. Yeah, she is. She's perfect. So I, so I'm assuming these women, anyways, you, it's never really explained on the show, but these women get hired. They show up at Nanata's house to, to serve as midwives. Chummy does the same. She comes and um, Bex, you actually said something really funny to me about, about when Chummy and Jenny first meet each other and Chummy's putting on the uniform. Yeah. So Chummy basically is as very privileged. She's come from boarding school. She's getting changed into a uniform and Jenny Lee, who it does seem quite upper class, is really prudish around her. Like she feels really awkward and looks away when Chummy's getting changed. But I just thought, Jenny Lee, you look at vaginas all day, every day. (laughs) Why do you feel awkward when she's literally got the biggest undergarments on? You can't see anything. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's how offensive it is. Maybe that's how (laughs) awful she finds the look of Chummy. Yeah, Um, this this show is so progressive, but seeing a woman who's a size 18 in 1957 is just unbearable. Yeah, really, my God. Well, and and you know, I mean, to your point, Al, earlier about about Chummy having to sew her clothes, I did not really put this together until like definitely like much, much later. But Chummy essentially has to make everything she owns. She has to like sew all of her own clothes. Because yeah. like, because like, there's really no cool. clothes that she can buy that like will like fit her. Because now, okay, she is definitely like at least six feet tall. Um, I mean, she, she describes herself as a long shanks. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it was really funny too because she's definitely the kind of like upper crust British aristocrat where, um, you know, like total privilege and all that, but yet definitely like also just st- the subject of like the, the most bu- brutal ma- like making. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In fun of by her family and like, you know, private schools and everything. Or, well, not well, just like that Betty Smith, the 42-year-old, you know, geriatric mother, um, <laughs> was like, oh, look at her, look at the size of her. She could pull a dray. Like, it's just... <laughs> A brewer's dray. Uh, also, just really, really quick. When she, yeah. she's like, oh, is that, uh, cause uh, sister Evangelina's like, oh, is that that's not you look look at you, pretty in pink, you know, because she's wearing a brown <laughs> pink. And she's like, oh, I've also got one in O'Neill. Bex, what colour's O'Neill? It is light green. You should know. <laughs> well, I looked this up because I was like, what colour is O'Neill? O'Neill is translated water of the Nile, and it's a light green colour. Well, I'm, I'm gonna lie, I did think you would actually know automatically, but well done on doing that. <laughs> but anyway, you know when she's getting changed and they show her the cross, they, they show her holding her cross and like the cross on the wall. Right. I think at first you're thinking, oh, she wants to become a nun. Um, mm. and then, oh, you thought that? I didn't think that. but I okay. did when I first watched it. And then okay. they were talking about um, like the fact that she was like doing needlework and basically Sister Evangelina just absolutely dismiss already just dismisses her completely. And then she yeah. can't ride a bike. Um, so then she's, right. Sister Evangelina just basically like she's just she's just an albatross around our necks. <laughs> Which Sister Evangelina is very cruel with her. Yeah, she's horrible. She's Sister Evangelina. I like it took me a long time to warm up to her because she was so mean in those first episodes. She was so hard on everyone, and I was like, "God, you are a nightmare." But I mean, I is, will say she that that opinion of mine changed over time. But yeah. And also, she's basically an inverted snob. She is. She is. Yes. Yes. Like it's like yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. You can probably Shanks pony. I'd never heard this before this episode. No, I what's, haven't what, either. What's What's a Shanks pony? She's like Shanks pony will suffice. And um, when she's saying about bikes, so Fred comes in. And is like, oh, I've got a really rubbish bike or a really good one. Which one do you want? I'm like, why did you even ask? Like, give it a good one. Uh, she's like oh shanks pony will suffice i and she was like chummy you've got nine miles to go you can't go by foot and i was like oh right shanks pony means by foot so oh okay i've no idea where it in fact let's google it but yeah well shanks pony is basically one's own legs because where she describes herself as a long shanks she's basically long legs yeah oh okay see this is helpful actually because i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna hopefully think that not all of our listeners are gonna know all of these references the way that i probably wouldn't know some of these references um yeah. so yeah i'm i'm glad i'm glad we have some like little mini explainers here so anyway, um, is so lovely I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, wait, can I just have another quick aside? This is this is another like arm poking spoiler spoiler moment for my mom. But um, it's nothing really happens. I can't remember if there's anything really specific that happens in this episode. But they do the girls either do like um, bike past or walk past or somehow get visited. I don't remember. Do you know where I'm going with this? Peter. The uh, Mr. Uh, Officer Noakes that comes through. Peter. Yeah, my mom. My mom was like, "Oh, do you see? Do you see that officer right there? Do you see him? Do you see him? Okay, make sure you remember. Make sure you remember him. He's gonna come back later." Well, she I like the way like they showed her teaching. They showed her being taught how to ride a bike by uh, mm-hmm. the ever patient um, <laughs> Trixie <laughs> and uh, oh, what's the little one called? Oh, um, Susan. No. Cynthia, Cynthia. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I do apologize, Cynthia. Um, <laughs> anyway, they showed them teaching that. And I've taught two adults to ride a bike. And it is, I'm trying to teach my daughter now, but trying to teach, and she's four. 
But I taught my mum in the garden, put it this way, my mum's never ridden a bike since. It was horrendous. <laughs> and then I taught our friend when we went to Eurocamp and she had to ride a bike. She was born with one leg longer than the other. That's another podcast in itself. Anyway, um, <laughs> I had to teach her and it was honestly horrendous, horrendous. <laughs> so I feel for Cynthia and Trixie having to do that because it is not easy. And they made yeah. it look quite fun and it was not. Well, it's, it's an activity that, that seems like it should be intuitive and yet it's really not. And I mean, and, and look, I'm, I'm not the same, you know, like size exactly as chummy, but like as a person who's often felt very like awkward in the world, like I can get why riding a bike would not, would not come naturally. You know, I do know how to, I do know how to ride a bike, but it's only because I've known how to ride a bike since I was a kid. But yeah, I I would think think it was quite a a lower class hobby. Like she could ride a horse but she couldn't ride a bike. Like bikes weren't for the upper classes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Chummy is basically taunted by the kids that because she can't ride a bike, but she's really? so lovely that she's being, basically being teased and she says, I'm sure he means well. Like, oh. Yeah, but also I don't even think it's that she's lovely. I genuinely think she's quite ignorant about real life. <laughs> oh, but you know what? This is actually really sweet. To your point, Bex, I forgot that this happened in this episode, but um, she learns how to write. Oh, okay. So she learned. So this is, this is how, okay. Sorry. Let me just, let me just rewind. So we do have a big scene with Chummy and Peter Noakes, the police officer, because they're, they're teaching her how to ride the bike. All the girls together are riding a bike in a group. Chummy's like kind of getting the hang of it, but they take a corner, like under a little, like archway bridge thing in Poplar where it's a little bit dark. And, the, and there's two police officers that are walking towards the bike riding girls and they all crash into each other and literally everyone falls off their bikes everyone has scraped knees like it's a huge mess but then officer noakes and chummy kind of i think he helps her up and kind of does one of those things like like that you know like first time a couple meets and they don't yet know each other but you know you can tell there's like a little electricity and he kind of looks at her and she's like oh pardon me oh you know and then you kind of get the sense like oh maybe something's happening here but to your point, Bex, the really sweet thing is that even though all the kids taunt her as she's making, you know, she's learning how to ride her bike, there are a few kids who actually help her to learn. And at the end, one of the little boys who would always ride with her when she was going around, she bought him a bike. And yeah, then they but, but listen, listen together. Yeah, he was her biggest taunter at first. The only reason he did that is because of the storyline with his geriatric mother. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Yeah, he's- so he's on, Betty Smith's son. Oh, she delivered his little sister, didn't she? Oh. I feel like we've all learned things because also when you did that spoiler for Jenny Lee going to see Rock what concert she going to? Rock yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I need to pay attention. I don't know why this is important, and I've watched yeah. the whole series. I'll, I'll well, give you a clue now. It's important to her exit storyline. Oh well, you know the uh, thing is, every episode had there's so much in every single episode. Like this is why you've been able to watch it 15 million times, Al, because like there's always these little details and like I I have it wasn't even that long since I watched this episode and I forgot about the fact that Chummy delivered that that like 100 year old lady's baby you know what I mean like (laughs) exactly exactly also can I just say about the just the really quickly about the Chummy thing Uh I really really appreciated about it like the fact that obviously Trixie was there who's like this blonde busty beauty like you know what I mean like she's 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 supposed to be this beautiful girl and she is beautiful she is beautiful but the fact is it's not it's not Peter Peter didn't choose her I love the fact that you know 
it was it was this romance obviously spoiler sorry for episode three but you know it's coming because you've seen the yeah movie. yeah they have but they like, have the i like the way that it's it's a quite a what's the word an un unconventional yes romance and i really really appreciate that it's about this because i just really appreciated it i just thought it was lovely yeah well I, I mean this is going to be a bigger theme in the show that we can talk about it in in bigger detail later but like this show is so great for really really showing how every single person is like a person in the fullness of their humanity and like every single person deserves love and like there are a lot of romantic storylines that are about people who you would think like would not get a feature of a storyline that's a romance you know and they do and the fact that chummy is the first first woman in the group of midwives that actually gets to like have a boyfriend and we'll obviously talk about that more later but like that I love that that was that's just that's just yeah, wonderful me too. you know what I mean and also like, um the, you know even, even nuns get um get a <laughs> get a romance storyline whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves let's um, not get right, ahead of also ourselves. right let's go on to Betty Smith now but Bet, okay. do the summary so yeah so Betty Smith well I think we should say about Chummy Chummy is a trainee midwife who Sister Evangelina takes great delight in pointing out that she qualified by a whisker. Mm-hmm. Um, now, she hasn't ever delivered a breech baby. So, of course, cue Betty Smith, whose baby is breech. Or arse first in Poplar. <laughs> and Chummy has to deliver the baby on her own. Yes. Which she does win Sister Evangelina round with this because yes, obviously she, she manages. Well. And at the end, um, Sister Evangelina actually steadies Chummy's hand and says, you're all right. But I do feel like Sister Evangelina has been highly judgmental, very uncharitable. I'm really surprised that Sister Julianne didn't sit down with her and say, look, these aren't the qualities of a nun. <laughs> so true. So <laughs> well, true. listen, if Sister Julianne's supposed to sit down with anybody, she should sit down with Sister Monica Joan because... <sighs> that's but that's all I'll say. About this episode, she's just... Ugh. Yeah, Sister Evangeline is really, really tough. Yeah. 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 So coming back to, I don't know what the little boy was called, but that's Betty Smith's son. So because yeah. Chummy obviously delivered the baby, yeah. um, she brought she brought him a bike. Yeah. And and now the the breech he was baby... protective of her then because she delivered his little sister. Right, right, right. And then he would make fun of her and wouldn't let anybody else make fun of her as yeah. well. So so in terms of the two kind of like you know more quote normal pregnancy storylines in this one the breech baby is is kind of is that but then the breech baby the mother who has the breech baby is friends with the older lady who has rickets that's having that's trying to have her first baby born to term um yeah, yeah. they're so friends with each other that's how we met something them, really right? like modern like destiny grace like it was very <laughs> It was Grace Miracle, and I wrote Grace this down because Grace it Miracle, just yeah. doesn't flow. So uh, Brenda McKenzie's first husband was killed in the Blitz, oh, and no. she's remarried. So her four stillbirths were from her first marriage. But obviously oh. because the NHS was founded in July 1948, so the NHS is still in its infancy. So when she was having her first kids, a cesarean wasn't available to her. Whereas now, so this is this is how she's able to have her first child, Grace Miracle. But yeah, it just, Grace Miracle is cute and chunky. Yeah. Did cute. she did she did she take did she give birth at full term though? Or I wasn't I wasn't clear on whether she couldn't whether 
whether because the reason why she had the four miscarriages is because she had rickets as a child and yeah, that so, the, so basically the the it's something to do with the the skeleton not forming properly or something okay yeah, so so rickets basically affects bone development so it, it caused her to have deformities which meant she couldn't she couldn't have, go through natural childbirth oh okay yeah. okay all right so the cesarean is the way that she has this healthy this baby. baby right yeah. well and that's the thing you know what you know it's i mean again being an american like i obviously you know just healthcare is is so different over here but the way that the the you know with the nhs being what it is in the show it's it's kind of amazing because you know the nurses will often just be like oh well you know you know when it's time for baby you just call us and you know you can book into the hospital and you know they just make it all you know it it's it, yeah, but it's Jen, that is actually how it is still here <sighs> i know <laughs> I think we take it for granted because obviously we, we've just always had it, whereas it's actually really interesting to watch the show to see the, kind of the evolution of the NHS. Like, it's still really new. Yeah. yeah. Like, stuff like the pill, spoiler alert, this stuff's coming up, um, and that kind of thing as well, like, you know, choices for women and things like that, like abortion bills and things like that. Like, it's, it is interesting to see the history of it as well. Again, that's another reason why this show is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I that was that was such a great. I, I will say I was yeah that was a really really happy storyline to see her have. Did did we ever meet either of those women's husbands in this episode? Uh, no, uh, yes, we met um, Brenda. No, Betty Smith's. Um, he was downstairs. He gave Jack a clip around the ear. Oh, <laughs> and I, you don't you don't you never do it hard enough. <laughs> but husbands are really come and go in this. The husbands are really come and go, and, the, and, and boyfriends and everything are really. Yeah, but that's and go. good. I like that. I like it being female centric. Yeah. No, I, I. It's the strength of the show. It is. Right. So every week we've also decided to do a bit of a uh, focus on an area, and this week, Rebecca, you are in charge of the focus. What have you decided the focus is this week? Okay. So the fact of the day is. Obviously, going back to Brenda McKenty, who obviously had her child by a cesarean. Now, the nuns are part of the order of St. Raymond Nonatus. Um, Raymond Nonatus was the patron saint of childbirth and midwives, which we know. But Nonatus in Latin means not born. And St. Raymond Nonatus was actually born by a cesarean section. <gasps> they do mention Next. the show a lot, you know. They do. I... This is a revelation. Well, they, they mentioned that he's the patron saint of obviously midwives and childbirth. That, but I didn't that I remember. Yeah, Sister Monica Jones says born of cesarean section quite a lot when they talk about Raymond the artist. And also the new, do you remember the, the series, series, series on one of the trainee doctors talks about it too. Bex, well, I, we're love on that fact. I love that fact. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, Al, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to curb your desire to tell everything about the whole series. <laughs> Bex, I love that spotlight. Very, very good. That's Thank great. You. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've had so many good. And that other doctor totally spotlighted it. Well done. Yeah, you've had you've had amazing insights this episode. My gosh, she's been like our little historian, researcher, everything. Honestly, I, I really did my preparation for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I don't. I. You know. Gee, Alec, we're, we're, oh man, you and I are going to have to like step up our game when it's time for us to be the ones to like. No, I'll like, just get back to Jay's time. <laughs> I'll just do one bad accents. <laughs> oh, well, you guys want, if you guys want. Will I ever forget it? There was treacle running down the drains. <laughs> treacle running 
down the brain. How her husband died, and it's like, oh yeah, that's awful. She was like, will I ever forget it? There was fudge running down the drains. <laughs> the sugar works was was exploded or something. And it's like you're actually you're talking about a sugar like fudge down the drains, but actually her husband died. You know. Well, if you guys want bad accents, then you're in the right place because I I've got them coming for sure, for sure. Right. oh man well i love this is i mean i feel like we covered it all is there anything else we have to talk about i've got so a teaser for next week next week we're going to meet jimmy <gasps> jimmy so more on that next episode okay well i'll give you a little spoiler i i have a bit of a soft spot for jimmy so we'll talk about that next week i have a very hard spot that sounded bad i don't like him <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening, if you've actually managed to get this far with my terrible accents. <laughs> yes, we've had a really fun time. We hope you have as well. And we can't wait to see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.